This episode is brought to you by Fleximize, a multi-award winning digital business lender dedicated to providing UK SMEs with flexible finance done properly. Welcome back to Portman Road. Burns trying to find Jackson. It's Caden Jackson. It's 2-0. Jack Taylor, 25 yards out. Oh my goodness me! Jack Taylor! Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the official Ipswich Town podcast. Great to be back here in the Town TV studio this week. Coming up. We have two very special guests. First up, Elkin Bagger sheds light on what he would be up to if he wasn't a footballer. I'd be flying a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble is, I'm quite tall. So I don't know if I'd fit in the seat. And one club man, Cam Humphreys, gives us a line from his favourite karaoke song. Pre-season actually in Austria. Um, recent time, um, the losing team sang uh, In the Jungle. Yeah, can you give us a line? In the jungle. There we go. More from him in a moment, but first it was the club's foundation fundraising dinner last week. Director of Communications Marcus Nash caught up with the foundation's director Dan Palfrey there. Dan, we're in the Sir Bobby Robson suite. It's the Ipswich Town Foundation fundraising event. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, delighted. Um, it's our first one, so very first event. Um, but these nights like this are crucial to us in terms of what we want to do in the community, the impact we want to have in the community. So nights like tonight really allow us to have create further opportunities for people in the community and ultimately reach more people and positively impact their lives. There's some key figures here. It's really busy. Are you delighted yourself personally with the progress from summer 2022 to now? Yeah, delighted. Um, you know, as I said in the previous question, um, we're still relatively in our infancy, so we've still got a lot of work to do in terms of awareness. We can't ever forget that. You know, we're we're only just five years old, so there's still a lot of work to do. So whilst we're making great strides in the community, um, you know, like you said, there's key figures here, which is great. We've got over 200 people a sold out event, and it's fantastic that people are buying into the community. And just before the people have come up here, there's a nice exclusive event in the dressing room. How was that? Because it looked pretty good. No, really good. Um, great to give people that kind of experience of like in the inner sanctum on a Saturday where you wouldn't ordinarily get there. So people were down there just having a drinks reception in the tunnel area. Um, you know, the pitch was all lit up with the LEDs and big screen in it. It was a really nice event and, and great to have Connor Chaplin, George Edmondson, Mark Ashton, Kieran McKenna there and Natasha Thomas. So it's really great. And leading on to another special guest, we've got David Johnson here. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Great to have John back here at town um, I think he's someone who probably a lot of people haven't heard from recently um, so we're keen to really kind of freshen it up and hear from someone new um, so I hear he's a very good after dinner speaker so um, should be good Hi uh, I'm Jack Taylor you're listening to the official Influence Town podcast come on you please Buzzing to say that Cam Humphreys is here hello 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 everybody hello <laughs> polite I like that he's, he's <laughs> He understands the objective. And social media sensation Elkin Bagot is also here. Wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I, I would. I would. There's some serious numbers you've been racking up. Um, guys, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, all good. All good. A good training week. We were in, in today and this morning. Good session. Getting everyone back focused and ready for the game on Saturday now. Enjoying 
life in the championship. I know it's been a whirlwind couple of years here, but in, enjoying it. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah, five minutes. Um, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> 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 it's a good ratio. No, yeah, no, we're really enjoying it. I think we can definitely see that the level of, of training and the standard of that has gone up this year, and we've had some good results on the pitch as well. Congratulations, by the way, on your championship debut against Birmingham City. What a milestone for a local boy, a local hero, if you like, to come through and, and to make your championship debut for a club you've spent so long at. Uh, tell me about the emotion, the build-up to it. When were you told? How, how did it work? Yeah, so obviously, really, it was a really proud moment. Um, playing a lot last year, more than I thought last year, but this obviously this is a step up. We've brought players in. Like I said, the level's gone up, um, so it is harder, but... It was yeah, really proud moment. I was I was told I was on the bench the the morning of the game. Um, we travelled up to Birmingham and then I found out in the morning. And yeah, there was five ten minutes to go. We needed a goal and he turned to me and said, "You're going on." So yeah, no, I was happy to get on and even better that we were able to get the goal and get a point and and keep the momentum going. Now you don't have to give like a professional answer because I know a lot of footballers feel this, but you know when a manager turns to you with ten minutes to go and you've banged whole box of Jaffa cakes you're probably like oh no where were you at that point were you still primed and ready were you looking out thinking yeah I've got an opportunity were you warming up in front of the gaffer is that is that a tactic that you guys use? Uh, I'm not sure I think I, I had been warming up so I was walking back um but I think yeah I think I was I was ready to go and he mentioned in the morning that we might need you you might need to come on at, at left back or wherever in, in a numerous amount of positions so yeah I was ready and yeah just glad that he he called upon me and in the end it was it was good yeah so a debut in the championship for you Elkin a, a goal in the league cup ultimately ended in, it ended in defeat uh, against Premier League outfit Fulham but um, still a big moment nonetheless yeah it was again really proud moment um, it's a shame we, we obviously lost the game in the end um, but now it was obviously been here a long time as well not as long as you um, I've only been here seven years um, but yeah still you know, seen a lot here and it was an amazing feeling to 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 score my first goal for Ipswich how many times you watched the goal back surprisingly not too many um, but I've seen it enough times is, is he lying <laughs> I'm not sure no I, I think I've, I've watched it a few times but no I, I believe that he's watched not watched it, it too much yeah I've watched it for you yeah no it's a good header what, what's the situation with celebrations why are you are you no I'm, no it's not loaded are you a planner? Are you a thinker? Do you... I mean, yeah. Um, there's only one I've got in the back of my head, uh, which is one that the missus gave me. Go on. Just uh, a little... Uh, her, her initial, basically. Um, okay. Yeah, but that, that's the only one that's in my head. I, I, think, I think it's difficult. 3-1 down especially. I think oh, we, I couldn't we give, wanted to. No. We wanted to get the ball back and try, yeah, and, exactly. try and go for more goals. So I think, yeah. We'll save that one for a winner. Last that for a winner. Is it hard yeah. though because you you score your first goal for a football club, and I mean naturally you're a bit deflated because you're behind in the game, but you're also a bit buzzing like, "Wow, I've just done that!" It, it yeah. must be a bit of a mad feeling. It's a mad feeling, but it's just one of them where you're still in the game, so you don't let your head get too too far ahead. If you know what I mean, it was one of them like put it in the net and then ran back, and it was just straight away like. Do you know what I've always found fascinating and I've always asked different strikers this and, and people who score goals, how is it possible that when you score late, say it's 80 plus minutes, you are knackered, the legs are heavy, but as soon as you score, you are sprinting. <laughs> how, that 
boost of adrenaline and the boost of endorphins on scoring a goal must be like nothing, nothing else. Yeah, I think it's exactly that, the, the boost of adrenaline. You just uh, My first goal, I don't really remember what I did to celebrate. I've seen it back. I think I just yeah sprinted and shouted. It? It, it was in the first half, but uh. I, you just, I just don't remember. It's just automatic reaction just to pretty much run as fast as you can without even thinking. I'd imagine like the slide and bundle isn't fun though. Like, not at the bottom. Yeah, not probably not if you're at the bottom. If you get there late and you jump on top, I can really? imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being on the bottom of bundle, just, that must be tough. Yeah, I've never been on the bottom. No, Elkin. I've never been at the bottom. No, you've ever been on top though. Um, I probably have, but I probably made sure I was like the last one at the scene. This is for the eighteen plus section of the podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Elkin, tell us about your upbringing. Look. Um, I talked about being a social media sensation. You are a full international with, with Indonesia. You're kind of one of the poster boys, if you like, for the nation. Um, you're in a special group of people, I, I'd like to say, similar to Ben Brereton-Diaz in the way that he has become this face in Chile. You are that for Indonesia. Um, how does it feel to, to be so well-loved, so well-recognised, and to have a lot of people behind you? Yes, yeah, something I'm really proud of. In terms of like my my history and where I grew up, I was uh, my mum's from from Indonesia, full Indonesian. My dad's from England, um, but uh, born in Bangkok. Actually, lived there for a few years, then moved to Indonesia, and then moved back here in the end. Um, but it was always something I had like in the back of my head that um, one day um, I wanted to to play for Indonesia. Um, and in terms of like yeah, the, the fans in that. It's amazing the amount of support we get. So, so tell me about growing up because you've lived around Asia. You were born, as you said, in Thailand. Um, I hear you're quite the athlete when when you were younger. Where did football come into your psyche, and where did it come into your, your mind? Quite, where do you hear that from? Quite the athlete. <laughs> yeah, I know people. Right. No, I've done a few like athletic things yeah. before, um, but always sort of played football. Um, and, and and yeah, obviously ended up ended up being a, a pro. So, but how how how? I mean, look with with moving around as well. Did did not having sort of a settled base and and being sort of shipped around affect you? Did it did it change you, or was football like a constant? I'm trying to understand how how you ended up becoming a footballer. Actually, wherever I was, I was sort of playing for a football team. Whether that was like. Um, like a Sunday league team eventually when I came here or like my school team so I was always playing for, for some sort of team um, just because of the love of the sport so I could say like I was playing football consistently since since I was young whether we move place or not um, didn't really hinder me playing football um, so yeah and no, I just always played I'm, I'm not really au fait with the Indonesian football league system and, and the pyramid out there but was it your dad who, who sort of pushed you into it? Who, who looked at football as a football fan? Maybe he's a he's a West Ham fan. Um, Are you <laughs> half? I, I was a United fan, but past few years have not done great. Have they? Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning towards West Ham now. Okay, but he's never. No, I've never really like been pushed into football. It was, it was just something that I enjoyed doing, and eventually become okay at it. So, just okay. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think he's do you think he's underselling himself? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think he was obviously later to join Ipswich. Um, 
So I didn't know him from when I was really young, but ever since he's been in, he's he's been one of the one of the better players. So I think yeah, he's definitely being modest. Tell us about you growing up, Colchester. You you were born down the road from here, and you are a one club man for now. Yeah, quite impressive. Yeah, Ipswich is the only only team I've played for. I never never was was at Colchester straight away from six or seven years old, coming up to Ipswich. Um, again, I've I've been playing. I've got a younger brother who's two years younger, so I used to play with him in the garden all the time. Play with my dad. Um, football's always been the the main sport in the family, so. I think, yeah, when, when Ipswich said that they wanted to have a look at me and that I could have a trial there, I was, yeah, delighted. Um, and ever since then, it's been really good. And in terms of your development, what's it like going through the different phases? Because we, we've seen Harry Clark, of course, come through the academy, leave and come back. Um, for you, sticking around and, and, and pushing up and pushing through, it must be a satisfying feeling going out and playing in front of 29,000 at Portman Road when you remember where you've come from. Yeah, definitely. I remember obviously being in, in that crowd, watching Ipswich play the last time they were in the Championship um, and seeing the playoff season and stuff like that. So, yeah, it is, it is really nice, really good for myself and, and my family to see me actually contributing on the pitch. Um, but, yeah, going through all the years, you meet so many different players who come and go and you're just yeah, constantly trying to battle I suppose to, to keep your place but I never really felt like that I was always going out and enjoying football I never when I was younger felt pressure of oh they're, they're seeing if they're going to release you do they want you to keep going I was always thinking I'm just going to go out and, and enjoy myself and try and get better and I think that's still what, what I try and do now Tell me about breaking into the first team under Paul Cook what was that like and and how did it work for you? So under under Paul Cook it was I was training couple of times with the first team some weeks I'd be more than others um, and then it was the pre-season where one of the midfielders was injured so for a pre-season game here I think it was Crystal Palace we played um, I was thrown in and, and played and done okay um, and then from there I think I've made my debut a couple of months later and played a couple of times under him but I wasn't fully first team then um, until the manager came in now where from the start of last season, from the start of pre-season, I was with the first team every day, learning from them, training with them, and that was the first real season where I was a, a first-team player. Is it tough being on the fringes then when you're kind of still with like the 23s or the devs or the reses, whatever you want to call them, and then you are you are one foot in, in the first-team camp as well? I think at that point, where you want to be is in the first team. So the more taste of training and games and stuff like that you can get, the better. So I think it was more just work as hard as you can when you're with the, the 23s. And then when you get the chance with the first team, you just got to try and take it and perform the best you can. Elkham White, Ipswich Town for you. How how did you end up at this brilliant football club? Again, it was sort of the, the first real team that sort of scouted me, if you like, when I was still playing Sunday League. Um, so again, it was like the first club, first professional club. And it was the first one I went to on a trial properly and then obviously yeah ended up staying so. but when you look at your own development it's obviously a different story to Cameron's you, you've been out on on loans tell us about those because I can never comprehend how you can one minute be here at Ipswich and then bang next, your life's been transported somewhere else yeah um, again when you're talking about obviously being on the fringes of the first team for a centre-back it's, it's a bit different um, I think I'm in and with a lot of people, a firm believer, like, you need to go get men's experience. 
Do you need um, to get beaten up a bit? Yeah. Yeah, especially my first load. <laughs> what, Kings Lynn? Kings Lynn in the National League. Was it Was it tough? Tough. Yeah, I think my first game was altering them away. Tiny changing rooms. Very different to like 23s football. The thing is, you've, um, got, you've got a real broad mix, haven't you, in the National League where you've got like young players who are coming through. You've got proper non-league players and then maybe yeah. you've got the odd ex-football league player who's a bit chunkier than what he was <laughs> when he was in league one it's or a big mix, isn't it? yeah. and then he's just there to like swing arms around yeah and 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 battle people you know matt reed do you remember matt reed yeah yeah him that's exactly I, who i'm thinking of we uh we played against boreham wood and i remember all the coaches he was at boreham wood at this time and we were about to play him away and all the coaches were like just like be careful he's, he's known for swinging elbows and stuff like this I was like, oh dear, I mean, for a long game here. <laughs> yeah, and then turns out he weren't in the starting lineup, so it was buzzing. Ended up playing well. Uh, but yeah, that was. <laughs> it's a funny place, isn't it, the National League? Because yeah, it's a, it's there, a there's place. some real characters there. Did you encounter the Bourne, Bournemouth manager, Luke Garrard? I don't remember at the time. Good you didn't get in his crossfire because he. he he's got, he's, he, he talks, he shouts. <laughs> <laughs> believe me, he really, really does. Um, going from Kings Lynn, coming back, he's sent to Gillingham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also amazing learning experience. Yeah. I got a lot of games in, especially before Christmas there. Um I think it was something like twenty nine and I think the season started in July last year, wasn't it? So there's a lot of games in a short period of time. And that's sort of like the first time I've ever done that in my career. Um so it was obviously learning to cope with like the Tuesday, Saturdays, um, consistently trying to play well. Um the frequency of the games it, it was it was tough but it was it was a good learning experience too for for regular football fans like myself listening to this podcast how does that work do you are you are you told right elkin pack your bags you're going to gillingham or is it a case of gillingham have approached or gillingham have spoken to us they would like you to come and play for for, for them how it worked with me um was that the end of the season before i made my debut for in the league uh, against rotherham and play Charlton after that. And after that, the gaffer and I sort of had like a discussion about the best route forward for the next season. Um, and then once we agreed that going on loan was probably the best option, you're sort of like made available for loan. I'm not, I'm not really sure how, but clubs know you're available for loan. I know how to do it on Football Manager. <laughs> I don't know how to do it any other way. Yeah, yeah. But then it, it's sort of like a few clubs, with me anyway, a few clubs contacted Ipswich and they sort of like narrowed it down to a few. Then after that, sort of speak to the, say, three managers and then sort of decide yourself like which one you, you want to go to. So You chose Gillingham? Yeah. Yeah, Why? Again, the, the manager there, Neil Harris, um, he he was like brilliant. Um, said I was going to go play, which was like the main thing for me. Um, and again, different style of football to to what to what is here. And again, I'm a believer that the more style of footballs you can adapt yourself into, the more like well-rounded player you'll become. So, tell me the difference between playing for Gillingham and playing for Cheltenham Town. I only played one for Cheltenham, so I don't have a... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big difference, no? It was, it was similar football in a way. Um, different atmosphere, though. Different atmosphere. Yeah, different atmosphere. Cheltenham was definitely a lot smaller, size as a club. Um, intimate is what I call their ground. Cheltenham. It's very intimate, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's small, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, that that was a good learning experience in a different way. So, 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 in terms of you and, and your development, when you look at someone like a Cam who, who's been here, do you feel like saying to him, "Oh, mate, you know," is, is it like the equivalent of me? going to a friend who hasn't been to university, oh, well, I went to uni and it was great and, you know, I went out and I learned how to cook for myself and fend for myself. Do, do you look at his experience and think, oh, well, that's great. How, how do you sort of share these, these sort of, like, journeys? Because everyone's different. Everyone is different. Yeah, I think, I think you do have a conversation about it when you get back, even while he's there. Um, I think we played, was it we played Cheltenham, we came to the hotel? Yeah. So I, um, I spoke to him then and kind of about his loan, how it's going, not just on the pitch because... A lot of it's off the pitch as well. So, yeah, you, you do tell each other, but share your experiences. Um, like I say, every person's different. Every player's different. and Everyone needs something different, I think. I think, obviously, you've got people like the manager who are sort of like the experts in, in especially the manager now, you know, he's worked in academy football. He knows what young players need. Um, but like you say, I think everyone's path is different. Is that handy for you, that the gaffer has had that experience in... In, in working with academies and also is just a brilliant coach rather than using the big word of a manager he's a fantastic coach and he understands what intricate development's about yeah I think that is is a factor of why I haven't maybe gone on loan um, because even when I've not been playing training's been really good the coaching all the coaching staff as a team have been really good um, so that's another reason why maybe I haven't gone out on loan because I'm still getting better and developing and getting everything I need from the training sessions even when I'm not not playing too much. You guys have been at this football club a lot longer than I have. You've seen the change at this football club and, and how it's evolved completely from, from a club that was um, a little bit down in the dumps to something which is flourishing and, and a project which is just really everyone wants to be a part of. How do you reflect on the past four to five years at Ipswich Town, growing up with it, and this is a question for both of you, growing up with it, pushing forward, pushing into the first team, seeing the changes off-field, on-field. I mean, wow, what a project to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, there's definitely a lot of changes, especially, well, both on, on and off the field. You can see the stadium now. We've got the big screen, the, the new blue Astro around the side of the pitch. So I think the club's definitely going in the right direction. And yeah, the the mood around the place, um, all the all the staff, all the academy staff that that I'd have interacted with, even even then, it was it was positive. Um, but it's nice to see that everyone seems to now they're they're pulling in the same direction. Everyone knows the goal. Everyone knows what what we need to do. And it's just about continuing to do everyone do their their own bit to to keep the project going. We've had a lot of conversations, haven't we, about like how the club's changed in the time we've been here. Um, it's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, Tell me. Even the stuff at the training ground, like if you look back to sort of three, four years ago, training grounds changed massively. Yeah, I think it's easier to see the, the stuff off the pitch. Yeah. You can see how yeah. the gym's changed or how the canteen's changed and it, it, it's all, all for the better. Um, and all that change, I think, helps the atmosphere, the morale, as well as results on the pitch. Um, but I think, yeah, the biggest change you can see is is off the pitch. Yeah. We'll get more from Elkin and Cam in a minute. But first, let's get a message from our sponsors, Fleximize. Funding your business doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take weeks. It doesn't need to involve your bank. 
At Flexomize, we believe there's a different way to do things. We take the hassle out of finance, so you can get on with what you do best, running your business. Think of us as your trusty sidekick with the power to boost your business with fast, flexible loans built for you. Visit us at Fleximize.com or call our Ipswich office on 01473 208 108. Fleximize. Business finance done properly. Welcome back to the official Ipswich Town podcast. Earlier, we heard about the club's foundation, fundraising dinner with Dan Palfrey. Let's bring you another conversation from that evening. Town defender George Edmondson has been speaking to foundation trustee Connor Chaplin. First question, Connor, can you just talk us through your outfit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd take a step up from the school team. <laughs> I thought I'd give it a better go. So, yeah, so, well, I found this at the bottom of my wardrobe anyway. I feel like I'm looking quite smart, and uh, so is Connor. So, um, but now, seriously, tonight uh, here at the Foundation Fundraiser, um, what's been your favourite moment working with the Foundation? Oh, um, I'd probably say... Last season, I went to one of the um, frame football sessions at, um, on the Sunday, I think it was, um, and that was probably my favourite. I think it's a lot of incredible young young children, um, and I felt quite inspired by, by the things that they were doing um, and their outlook on on life and the challenges that they face. Um, that was probably one of the one of the best moments. Nice, nice, nice. Um, secondly, um, obviously, since you joined the club, how have you seen the, the foundation progress? Yeah, I think it's been. I think it's been massive. Um, I think probably as as players, we've we've seen it firsthand in terms of the program um, and the sessions that we go to. I think there's a session for absolutely everyone now. The inclusivity that the club's putting on, I think, is is at a top level um, and still looking to improve as well. So, in comparison to maybe two years ago when we first got here um, ourselves, I think it's come on leaps and bounds, which is which is massive for the community and, and also allowing people to come to the stadium to get involved in supporting the club as well. It, it plays a big part. Uh, good mate, good. And uh, and lastly, um, have you got any any say like plans plans that moving forward you ever want to do or get involved in? Oh, um, yeah, a lot. I think the the sessions in general. I went to I went to one last night and it was it was great fun. Um, I was there with with Marcus and all the kids as well running up. It was it was class just to see sort of the faces and that when when you arrive and the difference that you can actually make turning up to to the sessions. I think that's why all the lads love doing it. Um, you've obviously done a lot yourself, which is which is incredible. But a lot of the lads in the dressing room, I think we can speak for everyone. Loves loves getting out into the community and, and doing things. Hi, I'm Kieran McKenna, and you're listening to the official Ipswich Time podcast. Cam Elkin, welcome back. Let's get some questions from the supporters. Let's, have yeah. Let's do it. Uh, so we pitched to supporters on social media um, and yeah, across various platforms to ask both Elkin and Cam some questions. Uh, Elkin, when we told the world that you were coming on, most of the comments were just like, we love Elkin, 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 Elkin. <laughs> Elkin Baggett, Elkin Baggett. So, yeah, um, I'll get straight into it. Uh, Dav Sarianto has asked, what keeps you guys motivated? This question, all these questions are both of you, by the way. So what keeps you motivated? I think when you're, especially when you're not in the team, you're seeing where the team's going, you're seeing the performances and you, you want to be a part of it, especially at this club at the minute. Like you said, the, the club's going in the right direction. So the motivation is how can I impact that? How can I get better to, to help the team? My my motivation, obviously, that's great. Like um, seeing what they're doing on the pitch at the moment, 
really wants you to really wants like you want to be part of it um but mine just sort of just want to be the best version of myself every day um that just yeah simply what keeps me motivated um are you guys gamers do you play fifa football manager no at all I stopped a few years ago, to be fair, but I uh, dribbling out of it. Irish Ollie asked, "Do you agree with your ratings on Foot Manager or FIFA?" I don't know what they are. I've, uh, I think I've gone up this year, so I heard I'm, you have I'm happy with the upgrade. Um, <laughs> okay. Have you got the stats? Or? No, I haven't. There's a town fan though who has done a full in-depth review of Foot Manager 2024, and he's basically broken down every player's stats and how they've changed from last year. <laughs> so. That's yeah, top. That's a good effort. Yeah. That's great. It is. It is a remarkably uh, great, great effort. Um, Dan Murray, how did you both join the academy? So, just for me, it was playing for my my Sunday league team. I think I played for them probably less less than a year. Um, but there was yeah, just scouts that that went to the games. They said, "Do you want to come up and and train at the training ground?" I think it was one or two nights a week at that point. Um, it was a pre academy then. It wasn't. You couldn't actually properly sign because I was too young. Um, but ever since then, I've, I've been in the pre-academy and then from, I think, eight, you get signed up. Uh, Alana Coleman asks, what's the best thing about playing for Ipswich? What's the best thing? Well, I've, I've got nothing to compare it to, but, but for me, it's knowing that you've supported the club and you've been at the club so long to finally break into the first team is very satisfying. Okay. Same thing. Like... Being here for, for such a long time, you know, it just makes the whole journey worth it when, when you actually put on the shirt and play. Um, so for me, that's, that's the best thing. Charlie Ricks has asked, if you weren't a footballer, what job would you do? What job? I think it would still be something in football, potentially some sort of coaching or anything really, but I think it would definitely still be in football. I'd be flying a plane. <laughs> trouble is I'm quite tall so I don't know if I fit in the seat is your vision right 2020 2020 okay um, but actually I almost almost uh, went down that route really yeah what? Leaf likes that as well I yeah he said he's he planning on being a pilot something like how many hours on a simulator was it yeah he loves it he's I think he wants to be a pilot when he really he's, football, yeah. he's got a like full setup at his house he said he's, he's done his first like license he's done his badges what the first yeah. one yeah. and he said he spent something like 4,000 hours on his simulator at home something like that yeah I know he's into it because yeah. really? the way we found it's out we were just talking about something he said he checks this app called Flight Radar quite a lot we're all sitting there like what are you doing that <laughs> Do you know what I mean? so then he started going on about yeah the fact he, he loves flying and that I, I footballers have such interesting like sort of hobbies and interests yeah. I met a footballer last week who told me that he enjoys like battle reenactments and like history and like medieval history and stuff like that. And I didn't believe him. This was also a man who told me that he found a live grenade once in the middle of a forest when he was like walking through a forest. Might be having you on, maybe. I don't think he is somehow because there's actually an article about it. Uh, the police got called and he was like given like a, a little certificate to say like, well done for finding a live grenade. But what do you guys do in your spare time? We know Leaf is, is on a simulator. What, There's what? only one thing we do. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both, both quite like golf. Oh, so okay. Ne- neither of us probably the best at it. Um, what are you playing off? 18 at the minute. I fluctuate daily. Still putting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as long as you don't say paddle to me, it's all good because that is like the in thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, paddle never, is the thing. I know a few of the coaches doing the academy play. Watch, paddle. watch. Yeah. Paddle's going to take over. Yeah. Everyone's enjoying it. Yeah. You'd actually genuinely be a pilot, though. Yeah, yeah. Is that a serious thing that you're thinking? Well, I could, could I wouldn't mind that. Not as soon as I went full time here, then that vision went away. But before that, it was something I'd always thought about doing. Yeah. What I want to know is what is Leaf Davis planning? Because like he's yeah. flying in the first team at the moment. I mean, literally <laughs> flying as well. The thing is, it's quite relaxing, especially like I've always done it on my phone anyway. Well, flight simulator. Flight simulator is in that, but he's got a proper setup. So I can imagine like sitting there. Do you think he's got the headphones and everything? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got the full setup. Announcements? Tell him about that. You can ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, do you want to do a plane announcement for us? Don't look at him. You're the you're the pilot. He said he wants to be a coach. Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Premier League, mate. Premier League. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how to pronounce this. HX double R. HX double R. How do you pronounce that? Uh, who were your idols growing up? This is such a good question. I love this kind of question. We can have one. I'll tell you what. Just open it up. You can have one sporting, one non-sporting. I think mine's probably sporting. And I think I was a Chelsea fan growing up. Um, so Hazard and, and Drogba were two big ones for me. Nice. Any non-sporting? I don't think so, no. No? Elkin? I never really had like a, if I'm honest, like a proper idol. Like, Do you think that's a very 2024 like Gen Z kind of thing where people follow players rather than teams and they're like, oh, well, I'll follow Messi or I'll follow Ronaldo or I'll follow Elkin? Well, to be fair, there was only one guy I had like a poster up in my room about. Go on. Robin Van Persie. Nice. So I had a few posters of him up. But I don't really have like a, no centre-halves? I mean, I, I watch a lot of Rio. Watch a lot of him. Uh, again, I, I never like watched them enough or, or followed them enough to, I say, call them an idol. But Any non-footballing idols? Nah, probably not. No? Yeah. No one just random or out there that you just want to chuck in? <laughs> I don't genuinely didn't have any idols. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this is another good one. Al Mercury has asked, who's your favourite Italian player? Italian player? Yeah. It could be someone from yesteryear as well. Italian player. At the, the most recent tournaments, I've liked watching Barella, midfielder. Nicola Barella, yeah. Yeah. No, I really like watching him. Elkin. I watch a lot of Chiellini on YouTube. Bring us someone from back in the day. You think about all the people you could have Alessandro Nesta, Paolo Maldini, Cannavaro. Maldini. Good player. See, I'm I'm getting the juices going now. Yeah. But again, when he was playing, I probably wasn't at the age to remember, if you know what I mean. I think he'd retired by the time you were sort of kicking a ball. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um Harry Taylor, simply, who's the funniest person in the squad? I reckon George Edmondson for me. I think he's funny. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. he's got Why? some brilliant stories. Doesn't he? I just, yeah, I just yeah. think, and on an away trip, he's he's always got a few jokes on the bus and anywhere. Yeah. Any insight into what he does? He's just a laughable guy. 
Yeah, I don't think yeah. you can say all of it. Whatever like he says, whether yeah. he's serious or unserious, is he deadpan? Laugh at. Is he like? Is he like? Is he deadpan? Is he? Is he dry? Nah, I wouldn't say he's dry. No, a bit, a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Got everything in his locker. Nice, love that. Um, Coley is our favourite player. You've swapped shirts with Julian Alvarez when we played Argentina. Nice. I got um, last game. Um, got He Chan. I've got two of his shirts actually. Um, I got Raúl Jiménez in the Fulham one. Uh, yeah, so my, my favourite. one. They're all good shirts. I think they're all great shirts to have. Yeah. Is didn't Romero ask for your one? Was that after Romero, Christian yeah, Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian yeah. Romero. Didn't ask for mine, I asked for his as well. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come up. Elks, can I have your shirt? <laughs> is, is it awkward? I mean, you, you said you got Huang Yichan shirt after Wolves. Yeah. You've gone, done a job on him. The stadium is buzzing as well. Is it awkward going, sorry, mate. I know we just knocked you out, but can I have your shirt? <laughs> it's as a well, bit please? awkward. But last year I played him. Oh, okay. And got his shirt. So I've got two of his shirts. Fair enough. And Why'd he, you go for the same one? A bit of variety. Huh? Go for someone else. Good mates. Oh, okay. So, got his uh, got his shirt last year when they beat us. So this year when we beat them. When when you played Argentina, was Messi not involved? Wasn't involved. Oh, gutted. Yeah. Who would have shotgun that? Would it have been you? I heard something like the kit men brings a lot of like thirty Messi shirts to to every game though. Do you reckon to sell them? Not to sell them when people ask for their ask for his shirt. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Cam, best best person you swap with. Um, Give us some of your names in in, in your collection. I've only I've, yeah, I've only got a few. Um, I got Doherty against Wolves, um, and then Dickard over Reed and Wilson against against Fulham. You got two. So yeah, I managed to get two. Yeah, Kitman helped me out on that one. Naughty that in it. So hold on a minute. You've swapped one shirt for two. Yeah. You're in profit. It's yeah. great. I love yeah, that. Yeah. What what do you what do you make of this situation the other day? Um, someone swapped a shirt at half time. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone got Haaland's shirt at half-time. Yeah, so, half-time yeah. in I the think Champions League. There's usually two shirts printed, so usually people swap it half-time anyway. Really? Whether, it's, whether, it's, yeah, whether it's raining or sweating or... I don't I don't like to swap mine, I keep the same one, but there's two in the changing room for everybody. So I guess if he was going to wear the other one at, in the second half... Yeah, but asking him half-time. It's quite yeah, an awkward no, time yeah. to swap. It is. Yeah. That should be a fine straight away, no? <laughs> that is a fine. Well, in my book it is. Um, Finn has asked, if you went into the corner shop with a fiver, what would you buy? <laughs> Great question. Great question. Yeah. My packet of sensations. Yeah, Just one. Like sensations. What flavour? Thai sweet chilli. Yeah, chilli. Yeah. Um, I think there's better crisps on the market these days. No. no I quite like them. I, I agree with that. I think, I I think that we've them. got variety these days. The thing is, like, if sweet chilli, I've never had a bad packet. It's always been consistent. About, yeah, consistency is important. Know? Whereas, like, I've had some prawn cocktail ones before where they've not been as strong. So I found a bit of a... You're a bit liberal with the actual flavouring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why you can't go wrong with salt and vinegar. You know vinegar's always going to be sharp. I don't know if I'm a huge fan. Love salt and vinegar. No, no, I don't like salt and vinegar. So you'd go for sensations. What else? Should we go meal deal here or just... Great shout. Yeah. Do corner shops do meal deals? Some might. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd question the quality of the actual sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is not going to be fun. Um, 
All right, let's let's redo this. Yorkie. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Purple one. Purple one with the nut, fruit and nut. Oh, banging raisin and biscuit. Top. Can't beat it. But okay, corner shop away to Sunderland. So you think about the journey you've got. Service station. Like, oh no no! Say if yeah, we're so we're leaving we're, that's we're, where we're, we're leaving here. Yeah. And there's a corner shop on the on the corner. Yeah. And right. we're about to get on the coach, oh, and it's a long old journey. You have got five pounds to spend. You're going sensations, Yorkie. Anything no, else? No. Not no, of course not. <laughs> no. No, you can't be seen on the coach having a pack of sensations. If, if <laughs> no one would see, if if you if don't worry about people seeing, and we're not worried about our performance no. in the game the next day. No. So this is just a free for all. A hundred percent. Sensations, Yorkie. Drink. Sensations, <laughs> Yorkie. Yeah. I go. I go. Diet Coke to drink. Coke. Yeah, bit, bit boring. Yeah. I like a Dr. Pepper. Oh, you can't be a Dr. Pepper. What's the worst that could happen? Just the advert. You're too young for that. Uh, <laughs> 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 Do you not remember Dr. Pepper adverts? What Dr. Pepper? What's the worst? No? no. Anything else? Dark. If you bring out ready salted crisps, you're so getting chucked no, out. No, you've got, not, you, not, you've not got more than three pounds. You've got three pound ninety to spend. A newspaper, a crossword, a household good. Yeah. Uno, yeah. You are not getting Uno for three pound ninety. True. What corner shop are you going in? Um, I think I get if I chocolate bar choice maybe a, a Maltese. And then yeah, I do like the t- the Thai sweet chili. I like that shout sensations. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to your list? So, Dr. Pepper, Yorkie, and a tie switch any sensation. I reckon I'm getting the change back after that. And stick it, yeah. stick it in Ready the charity pot. Something like that, yeah. 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 Ready for next time, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. That, I never expected that answer to be that long, so, yeah. Um, got a couple of individual <laughs> questions before we uh, we push on. Um, for Cam, Will Reese has asked, how good did the Port Vale game feel last year? Yeah, that was obviously the, the first league one for me. Um, probably the highlight of the season for me, playing the first one, scoring and celebrating in front of the away fans at the end. Had my dad and brother travelled up for the game as well. Um, so, you yeah, know, that was a really proud, special night. Yeah. And Lexi's asked, who's your all-time favourite town player? Great question. All-time favourite town player. Do you look at someone positionally when you think about this? Like, do you, do you, will you look at someone who, who plays in your position or will you look at someone you just generally love? I think... Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe positionally. Um, a lot of the, the older town teams I've not, not really seen. Um, so, for probably Kieran Dyer, I'd say, watching him. He broke in at, at full-back, went to midfield. Um, obviously, then went on to play for England and mm. helped me out as a lot as a coach. So, I'd probably go for him. Good choice. Uh, for Elkin, Scotty's asked, does your massive following from abroad make you feel extra pressure? Really? No. Um, because especially when you're in a game, you're not thinking about like the external stuff. You're just focusing on, on the, the football match. So I wouldn't say it does, no. Does your phone battery just constantly die? No, I don't have my notifications on. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad though. Like You put up a picture of you having your dinner and bang, like however many thousand people have just... Liked it and commenting and yeah, I've not done that before. It's mad well, though, isn't it? 
when you think about it, like all these people just know who you are and they're just they're they're obsessed by you. They're obsessed. I I think the numbers say that they are. But yeah, it's obviously like a, an amazing thing. Um, it's a country where not many people know that is like <sighs> majority of the population is just like really passionate with football. Um, but yeah, of course I've got a big following. Um, but again, yeah, I wouldn't say like causes any extra pressure on me anyway. You, you're still you're still very young, and you know you've got a huge career ahead of you. Have you ever thought about what you want to do? Maybe out there, maybe in Indonesia, maybe in Thailand in the future. Maybe set up an academy, set up a, a like you know the Elkin Bagot School of defending, the Elkin Bagot School of getting beaten up. Like, do you want to do you want to do something <laughs> there in the future? Um, it's something I'll probably have a think of. It's not something I've had to think of yet uh but i mean they're all great ideas so i'll uh, i'll write them down Thank wrong you. answer you should have said i'm gonna fly my plane there <laughs> 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 me and leaf are gonna fly there we're gonna get down yeah, there we're, we're gonna sort stuff out um great and a great number of people have asked this question and i don't know you know two-bit answer Various people have asked, tell us about Indonesian food. Uh, ben has asked what your favourite foods are, both of you. So get thinking, Cam. But tell us Sugar's about... Indonesian food. Yeah. Indonesian food. <laughs> Do you cook? Can you cook? Do you have any little secret places around Ipswich or Suffolk you can tell us about that you can get good Indonesian food from? Um, I mean, my favourite Indonesian food is this thing called martabak manis which is like pancakes with chocolate and like everything like loaded onto there and it's fried. It is phenomenal. Not something you can have often, especially in the job we do, but. Where'd you get them from? Imagine like a street vendor. Like he's, he's, someone's wheeling like a cart down the street. That's like where you'd get it from. You Could we it. sell them in the fan zone? Uh, I don't know if they would pass health and safety. Why? <laughs> but like, it would. People would enjoy it. Yeah, hundred percent. People would enjoy it. So that is that is so that's like a dessert kind of thing. Yeah, it's a dessert. Okay. Yeah, but you can get cheese ones, so you could have that as a main course. C- can you cook these yourself? No. Can you cook at all? Can cook. Can you cook any Indonesian food? Well, there's a, there's a simple one which is called Indomie, which is like packet noodles. Um, so you can get those around here. So like you can go, there's a, there's a couple of like Asian shops in Ipswich uh, where you can buy Asian food from and they'll be stocked in there. Um, again, whether you say the term cooking, I don't know if you're really cooking it, just boiling it really. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your what's your go? What can you actually cook? Forget pot noodles. What can you cook? I'd say Katie says I cook a good spag bowl. So yeah, that's probably my uh, such a typical footballer. Also. Yeah, typical. Yeah. Something pastory. If you come out with pasta, you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Cam, your favourite foods? What's your what's your pre-match like? What would you enjoy? Pre-match would definitely be pasta, pasta and chicken. Yeah. Um, but in terms of favourite food, I do like a. A nice steak. Um, yeah, 
I'd, I'd probably say that. What's your night before a game? Night before a game. In something with, with a lot of calories, potentially pasta again. Um, especially when we're in hotels. Sweet potato wedges as well. A bit of chicken or, or salmon maybe. Tell us about your your like free meal build up to the game. Yeah, so when we're when we're in a, a hotel before a game, we'll get there the if we get there the night before, we'll have a, a pasta station, it'll be pesto pasta for dinner, then probably lunch the next day the same and then pretty much as well. So yeah, three lots of pesto pasta. Pesto pasta. Sometimes some, some sweet potato wedges, but yeah, a lot of it's very similar. Footballers have changed so much in terms of their, their nutrition. I mean there was a point in like the eighties and the nineties where like teams like Arsenal would go out and they'd have like steak chips before a game or a full English breakfast <laughs> before a game. Um, I I know there was a, a former goalkeeper that won a lot of trophies in his career, and his tradition was to have dinner and then about ten o'clock he'd phone room service and get a club sandwich and a pint of like Nesquik, yeah, and that was ten o'clock at night. It like toast. And like Nesquik before a game. But I mean, pesto yeah, pasta, that, that's. Yeah, just, do you ever get bored of it? Sometimes, if there's, yeah, like if we were away Saturday and away Tuesday night. Do you ever change it up? Um, depends how chefs cooked it. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. But no, usually, sometimes change it up, sometimes. Sometimes don't have pasta, but a lot of the time, yeah, it's just the same old pesto pasta with a bit of chicken in it. Elkin, how has pre match and, and sort of. Like that kind of stuff changed going from Ipswich to Kingsland to Gillingham to Cheltenham to Ipswich. Who had the best? Who had the worst? Basically, dig them out. Ipswich have the best. Okay, yeah. Because like it's it's consistent. Because there's always the same chef cooking the like the pasta station. Um, Kingsland, it was sort of like self. You do it yourself. Sensations. <laughs> you know what I used to do I used to make like a pasta bake when I was at Gillingham and I'd get like a obviously you can't have a bag of sensations night before a game so what I'd do is I'd get like 20 sensations crush them line the top of the pasta bake with the sensations stick it in the oven and come out crispy brilliant recipes by Elk and Bagot yeah you could start a little book <laughs> cooking with Elk yeah if you started an Instagram channel cooking with Elk it would fly it would. I have faith. <laughs> um, let's push on. So I don't know if you know, but on the podcast, we have a music feature that we've been running for a few weeks now. So every time we meet someone different, we, we ask them uh, about different tracks and sort of different moments of their lives and, and how they affect them and, and sort of different music for different situations. This feature has not yet got a name, but I have always said that I want it to be called Elk and Baggett's Bangers. Thoughts? Are you happy with that? I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's a great name. Elkin Baggett's Bangers. Um, So five songs, five different questions. Should we get into it? Yeah. Okay. Um, So from both of you, uh, what's a song that gets you ready for a game? I don't listen to my own music before a game. There'll be a, a big speaker on. And I'm not sure who actually is the DJ usually, um, but he'll be listening to that. So I don't. There, there's I don't not one song, song in yet, like in the car on the way, or not for, or your pesto know. pasta in. Well, I'm eating in the yeah. car then on the way. Just nothing. nothing the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a, a specific song before a game, no. 
Nil Poir for that. Uh, Elk? My pre-match song would be Juices, Chris Brown. Okay. Listen to that. Good. Good. Nice. Um, what's a song that reminds you of your childhood? I'd probably say um, when my dad used to take me to football. This was literally, I was probably five or six. Um, he used to put Bon Jovi on in the car. So I'd say Living on a Prayer. Yeah. First football memories is on the way listening to that. Nice. Elkin? There's only one song I can remember, which is uh, Katy Perry, Fireworks. Nice. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? <laughs> what a random line. It's a strange way to mad. Nice one. I remember a really good goal montage to that. It's just mad, like just like sparks everywhere, like people just scoring goals. It's really good. That's just TV chat. Um, a song you've sung in front of your teammates. Do you guys have to do initiations when you're promoted from the developments to to different squads? I think there's different there's different ways and different punishments. Also, we're singing um, and really? uh, earlier in earlier in the season, preseason actually in Austria. Um, the most recent time. Um, the losing team, we sang uh, In the Jungle. Yeah, can you give us a line? In the jungle. There we go. <laughs> Some voice on the bridge. <laughs> can you do the middle bit? The bridge? No. You know what bit I'm talking about, don't you? I've not got the, the range for that. No. Can we get the lyrics up? And potentially, would you would you do it? No. 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 Okay. I've, I've done it once. I've done it in front of some teammates. So okay. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> Elkin, you got to be that. <laughs> yeah. I've done a few initiations, though. Because it's, it's something, if you're a new player to a team, usually when you go on your first overnight trip, you'll sing in the hotel. So you, you must have done three? Yes, I have done three. Give them to us. First one I sang was uh, All of Me, John Legend. Yeah. And then the next two have been uh, Can't Hold Us, Macklemore. Yeah. The little rapping. Did you do the rap? Yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> go on, give us a... Go on. You've got to do better than that. Do it into the camera. The camera's there. Go on. I need, like, the music to, you know, inspire me. We, we, we can't have music on pods, but we can... I mean... You have to save it for a different time. <laughs> so you, you've done that. Any other songs you've sung in front of teammates? I've done that twice. We had to do one at Gillingham where we had to like tell a story about ourselves and act a like a act an animal. So it'd be like a uh, like a random name generator. Yeah. And then in, the boys would like put different animals in whatever they could think of, and then you'd have to act an animal. So what did you chuck in? I didn't did chuck you? in anything because I was a new player. But what did you get? I got kangaroo, and the, the trouble was we were at a restaurant as well. In London, and like you, you got to do it. So I was just bouncing around this restaurant. <laughs> it was yeah, awkward. Um, obviously, like there's a lot of fan chants going around as well, and and like people are really getting involved with the atmosphere here. Um, do you do you sort of like join in if like other lads are singing player songs and stuff? Not really, no, no. <laughs> Elkin. What was that? <laughs> Elgin, do you, do you get involved with, you know, we've got Super McKenna McKenna. Do you, do you get involved in any fan chants? Help me out Don't here. Don't get involved. I'm the getting nothing from him. I'm getting uh, nothing from him. Massimo. There's one about Massimo. Oh. Isn't there like an ABBA one about Massimo. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Just love him, really. Uh, he would sing for me. I, I promise you he'd he probably sing would. He, he would sing for me. Um, do, you, do you 
get involved with the Ed Sheeran songs. I mean, obviously, we've seen quite scenes like in the dressing room. Do you, you must get involved in that cam. Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Me and I come next to each other, I think, in that one. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, singing. Do you want to give us a line from that? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> what, what, what is your guilty pleasure? In terms of music, I can go, I can go let's not do music. Music's not a good category. I can sing it, but I can. Okay, go on, yeah. Quite like Jess Glynn. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> Why are you never pictured you as a Jess Glynn. No, yeah. Right. yeah. Any songs. particular songs? Oh, any of them. Any of them. Yeah, nice. Elkin? Um, probably the same rap song. Uh, Can't Hold Us. We'll take that. Uh, a song that reminds you of Portman Road. El, can I let you go first? Just so you can marinate a bit. Yeah. There's a uh, there's there's one which is like. Sorry. The name is. What? What's the name? Sorry. Do it. Do it again. The one we. Yeah. Run, boy, run. You know that one. Do it again. Thing is, right. A few months ago, my missus was at a game. And she came home and she was like, what is this song? She started doing it. She was like, I didn't know what she meant. And then eventually she found the song. Um, but yeah, that Run Boy Run, is it? Something like that. Yeah. Cam? Mine's probably Singing the Blues. From nice. When I, used to, when I used to watch it um, from the stands that used to be on and sing it on the pitch after, after promotion. You actually sing it on the pitch? Yeah, I think that it was somewhere on Twitter where it, it came out, yeah. I will have to dig it. You'll have a look at that. I yeah. have to dig it out. You personally? Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah I've got to find that. Yeah, got to find that. Yeah. Get it out there. Yeah. Um, Elkin, one more for you because it is your feature, Elkin Baggett's Bangers. Um, a song that reminds you of Indonesia? <laughs> um, I don't know too many, if I'm honest. Um... The one I know the words to, obviously, is the national anthem. So. That reminds you of Indonesia. The Indonesian anthem. Absolutely. Good choice. Solid choice. It's genuinely probably one of the most baffling Elkham Baggett Spangers we've had all series, but it is your feature. <laughs> so there you go. Um, just before we go, Cam, got a mention an event taking place on November 21st. Yourself, Harry Clark and Luke Wolfenden sitting down and meeting fans for, for a Q&A, all in aid of the Ipswich Town Foundation. Are you looking forward to getting grilled by them rather than me? Uh, I'm looking forward to the event. Hopefully, yeah, there's not too many difficult questions. But no, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, all of us to, to interact with the fans is really nice. And um, hopefully it, it helps the foundation out as well. So yeah, all three of us are really looking forward to it. You could do Sing in the Blues. I could do, yeah. Tickets are available uh, via tickets.itfc.co.uk. £7, all money goes to uh, the Ipswich Town Foundation and contributes to brilliant projects that they get involved with. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the official Ipswich Town podcast. It has been an experience. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Nice one. Cheers, Cam. Cheers, Alton.